let's say that, hey, I really need you to, when you're applying for the job, put in the subject line an interview request or put your first name in the subject line or leave me a voicemail. Do not send a cover letter to my email. And if they don't follow those simple directions, they're out. If they're on their best behavior before you sign <laughs> on the dotted line, imagine how bad it's going to get once you have. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore too, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in, and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback, as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Stefan Spencer is an SEO expert, founder of the agency Net Concepts, and best-selling author. He's optimized the websites of some of the biggest brands in the world, including Chanel, Volvo, Sony, and Zappos. We talk about the common misconceptions about SEO, questions to ask when qualifying an agency, and his number one strategy for growth this year. Now let's get right into it. I think it's our soul. I think it's our heart on how we connect to intentionality and being of service and amplifying the message and the reach of companies and organizations that are of service, that are trying to make a difference in the world. It's not quite to the extreme of we only work with nonprofits or something, but we only work with those that are aligned with us kind of vibrationally. That sounds probably little woo-woo, <laughs> but I am a little woo-woo, so I think it matches my personality. <laughs> but has it always been that way? Because I've seen your client list and you're known, I think I coined this term, but I'm not sure. I may have heard it from someone else. You let me know if anyone's heard this. I refer you to you as the godfather of SEO. <laughs> has anyone, have you heard that before? I think uh, I made it up. I don't know. I've heard myself being called the SEO scientist. That was many, many years ago. I used to wear glasses and I used to have a, quite a receding hairline before I got a hair transplant and changed my diet and got LASIK and started working out and all that sort of stuff. So I look pretty different. If you were to Google image search me from before and after kind of photos, you'd be pretty shocked. <laughs> so I've seen the photos. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that I've appointed that to you. I hope you appreciate it. So when did that shift happen? I'm just going to imagine that it may have started to happen when you shifted your own personal journey, when mm. you really were having that. Would you have said that that was your differentiation 10 years ago? No, it wasn't. 10 years ago, well, actually now it's it's just around 11 years ago, 10 and a half years ago. I had my spiritual awakening in India. A monk touched me on the head and gave me a blessing and it gave me a psychedelic experience and connection to the fabric of creation and to God and it changed my whole life. 
Before that, I was agnostic my whole life. So I definitely was into my ego and wanting the biggest brand names possible on my client roster. And we had by that time Target, Home Shopping Network, Budget, just the list went on and on, Nordstrom, Zappos, et cetera. And that really fed my ego. And we had one of the most definitive SEO books out there, if not the definitive SEO book, The Art of SEO at that time in its second edition. And I had one of the biggest SEO people on the planet as my co-author. It was Rand Fishkin, founder of Moz, formerly known as SEO Moz. So my ego was definitely driving the bus. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the case now. My ego just likes to weigh in quite a lot. And I say, that's fine. You can weigh in, but I'm driving the bus. My soul is driving the bus. So I'm not into the big names like I was even after that first awakening. And I was going after still big name clients. It was a little bit more heartfelt, but it was still ego. And I had Chanel as a client and Volvo as a client. And I've since realized like that's all ego. I'm not here to just collect a big bunch of logos to put on my client roster. So I really handpick who I work with nowadays and they need to have a vibrational match to me and a mission that matters. And for them to, the people that I work with, to be a joy to work with. And it's not like they bring me joy, but they spark joy. If you're familiar with the Marie book by Kondo. Marie Kondo, I love <laughs> that concept of sparking joy. It's the joy that's already within me. And it's just awakened by, in her case, whether it's a knickknack or a favorite t-shirt or something, in the case of a business environment, it's a client that sparks that joy because they're just, they feel like soul family. Again, that's probably sounds super woo-woo. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to give you the opportunity to call out one of your current clients that just embodies that for you today. Okay. Well, Brandon Yosha, he's the cousin of Jay Abraham. If you're familiar with Jay, he's the godfather of marketing. <laughs> like He's amazing. And he's generated billions of dollars of revenue for his clients over the years. So his cousin was on one of the hot seat mastermind calls that I was doing for SEO for Jay's clients. And Brandon contacted me. He's like, I've got a law firm. I'd love to work with you instead of the SEO firm I'm working with currently. And so we've been working together almost this whole year, almost, yeah, it's been probably 11 months now, 12 months. So we've made a drastic impact on his business. We actually have an episode airing next week. So by the time this episode airs on your show, on Marketing Speak, my show, I'll have an episode of Brandon Yosha going through all the life-changing, business-changing stuff. And one of those spoilers that I'm going to share right now is he hit... 23 signed cases for the month of December, an all-time record in the history of his law firm, which has been around since the 60s, founded by his father, and he credits that to us. Yeah, that's a good testimonial right there. Yeah. And it's not just about like the results monetarily. He shared this on the podcast episode. He's a better man because we've worked together. He's revealing more light in the world because we've worked together. He came out with a book that is in pre-release right now. It's a, already an Amazon bestseller called From Running Back to Giving Back because he was a football running back in college. He was quite good at it. And yeah, that, so he's got that book coming out. He has a big initiative to pass a law in Indiana called Nora's Law 
and it'll save some lives. It'll actually save lives. And so this isn't just like a personal injury lawyer like you see on a billboard. This is somebody who's changing the world. And I love that. And I love assisting those kinds of folks to make an even bigger difference. What led you at the very beginning of your time of SEO to SEO? I was always a tinkerer. I always wanted to figure things out, poke and prod at the black box, tinker. I remember probably age 17, I had my first car. I bought it for $65 and I figured out how to go to the junkyard and take an alternator out of the same model and year of vehicle and put it into my car. And I remember a couple years after that, I just recently gotten married at 19 and I wanted satellite TV. And this was way back in the early 90s when people didn't normally have satellite television. And I scrounged together that satellite TV system for free, a 12-foot dish, a solid dish, put it in the backyard. It was like a big eyesore in the neighborhood. (laughs) And I got the satellite receiver and everything for free. And I just followed a Usenet, if you remember what Usenet is or was, I found a Usenet FAQ on how to scrounge a satellite system. And so I just love doing that sort of stuff, figuring things out. And when Google came out, I'm like, this is such a superior search engine. I was already doing kind of in the weeds of SEO using web position gold, trying to optimize for all these different plethora of search engines like InfoSeek and AltaVista and Lycos and all that. And I just thought, this is stupid. Different landing pages for each search engine. This is just, it feels icky. And then Google came out and like, this is the future. I got to figure this search engine out. And we were building websites and this SEO thing was just a little aside that then became much and more bigger to the organization. And there was this one point in like, I think 2001, where we had been building websites for five or six years. And we decided we're going to be an SEO firm and we're going to work with clients who don't want us to build websites. They only want to work with us with SEO and do audits and all that sort of stuff. And we need our first big client, like a big name. Because that first domino, Joe Polish talks about the first domino that falls, you get all the other dominoes uh, to fall after that. Like your first big guest, like I had Jay Abraham as guest number 10 on Marketing Speak, and then everybody else just like lined up to be a guest. So my first domino was Target.com. We did a free, like full on SEO audit in exchange for a testimonial and use of their logo. That was the best free audit we ever did because we got so much business from that. They gave us such a raving, complimentary testimonial. They were so happy and we really delivered for them. And then just, yeah. Did they hire you eventually and pay you? No, they did it all in-house, but we got so much business from having that testimonial and logos worth orders of magnitude more money than if they had paid us. What would you say the biggest myth about SEO that's out there for small businesses? There's so many myths. One of them that comes to mind is that it's more of a one-time fix. So if you SEO your website, you're good to go. Like tick the boxes. All right. You don't do that with your car. You don't say, all right, I've had one oil change and rotated the whatever's and uh, (laughs) like, okay, don't ever have to do anything ever again. It's not how it works. It doesn't like a website's never finished. Why is SEO? Right. So businesses really come to you and think that it's a one-time engagement. That's actually surprising to me, but. Well, I would say this is not for my clients or prospects that come to me. Usually they come to me kind of already pre-suaded, if you're familiar with that term, from Dr. Robert Cialdini. 
Oh, yes. So he has another book called Persuasion. So when you persuade somebody, they're already inclined to buy. They're already in the right mindset. There's test studies done and things where like different ads were tested. And one ad would be selling a mattress and it would have, I don't know, like pillows or clouds in the background. And the people coming in based on that ad were really interested in a very comfortable mattress. And then there were ones that had dollar signs falling from the sky in the background instead of the clouds. And people would be really interested in value for money with their mattress purchase. And so persuasion is real. And if you are putting out that vibe of, I work only with clients who want to make a difference in the world and reveal light, you're persuading them to that. And you're also kind of setting that up in the universe for that oh, to absolutely. happen. Have you ever thought that you should write a book, that you should write the story of your life to help other people learn from your experience? please go to memoirsherpa.com and learn how I can help you write, figure out your publishing path, and market your story, your memoir, to a bestseller status. Okay, so you need to, at this point, put on your teacher hat, and I'd like to have you answer with the response of, what are the top three questions a small business owner should be asking an SEO provider when they're interviewing them or when they're seeing if it's a good fit? So I have actually a cheat sheet for that on my website. Yes, it's called the, well, there's two of them. There's the SEO hiring blueprint, and then there's the SEO BS detector. And the BS detector has the trick questions that you'd slip into the interview, not letting on the, these are trick questions. As an example, you might ask, like, what's your process for optimizing my meta keywords or something like that? And of course, the only answer to, I say, of course, because I know that there's only one right answer to that. And that is, are you insane? Meta keywords those never counted in Google. If somebody says, well, we don't really care so much about meta keywords, those aren't as important as they used to be, but here's our process. Well, that's a wrong answer. Anything that is other than meta keywords never counted is a wrong answer. So that's something that someone without any SEO knowledge would be able to hire the right person who's not snowing them or blowing hot air. And you could ask questions around their favorite tools. I remember being on a second interview with an SEO person that one of my clients was hoping to hire. And I asked the guy what his favorite SEO tool was. And he said, Majestic SEO. It already got my spidey senses tingling because Majestic had been rebranded from Majestic SEO to Majestic several years ago at the time of that interview. And so I probed a little deeper. I said, well, what's the big metric that's super important in Majestic? And he answered how I thought he would. And he said, AC rank, which was deprecated years ago. And so I had him. I, I didn't let on that I had him, but there was no way this guy was going to get hired. It's clearly been three or four years since he used that favorite SEO tool of his. Yeah. This is so terrifying. ask for specifics. Yeah. Ask for specifics. <laughs> What's one more thing? Because I've just, I love this approach. And I'm, of course, listening to you thinking about how I can apply this kind of thinking to my other businesses. But what's one other thing? If I were coming to you, and I have come to you, but what is something that across the board, a small business owner should ask, especially if they don't really know anything about SEO? This would apply to any kind of role you're trying to hire for, any agency or contractor you'd be looking to bring on board. Ask them for some detail about something that requires them to answer with a specific and do this earlier on in the interview. So instead of just getting specific in the interview of 
tell me about your favorite tool and what's its function or what some of the features that you really like about it and then check it later with somebody who knows this stuff, you would ask for something where they would need to provide that attention to detail before you even spend your time on an interview. For example, let's say that, hey, I really need you to, when you're applying for the job, put in the subject line an interview request or put your first name in the subject line or leave me a voicemail. Do not send a cover letter to my email. And if they don't follow those simple directions, they're out. If they're on their best behavior before you sign <laughs> on the dotted line, imagine how bad it's going to get once you have. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. SEO is a little bit of mysteries to a lot of people. And some people have like, they have some knowledge, but I think they have misknowledge, right? They're not really tracking on what's really happening out there. And then there's the experts. Can you talk to me about SEO? And I'm not talking about the value, but to engage with someone in SEO services can be quite expensive. And the question is, it's, it has nothing to do with the value, but it has to do with, are you, are there, I guess, are there tons of people in the background, like working their butt off all the time to, is it based on like hourly work or is it really just the value of your incredible knowledge and you've placed an amount on that? Can you speak to that? Because I imagine like little elves at computers, like just jamming all day and all night trying to win for you. Yeah, there is some of that. There's a funny joke about the guy comes in after a factory breaks down to fix the factory and he comes with his little screwdriver and whatever and he oh. turns some screw and then the factory is able to run again and he sends a bill for $10,000 and the owner is irate because like, I need an itemized invoice. This is ridiculous. $10,000. You were here for 10 minutes or whatever, right? And the guy sends him an itemized invoice of 10 cents for turning the screw with a screwdriver and 9,900, whatever, for having the decades of experience and knowledge in order to know which screw to turn. So there's a little bit of that, but there's also a lot of work involved. And it's ongoing, as I alluded to earlier, it's not one and done. Every month you're doing something, whether it's keyword research or your link building or you're doing technical SEO or your content writing or your content editing for SEO or you're doing all of the above, which is usually the case. That's a lot, a lot. And so that requires a number of team members. So we have several dozen people that are doing this work for our clients and the results speak for themselves, as you'll hear in the Brandon Yosha interview on marketing speak. Now, it's not just, let's say, write X number of content pieces a week for your blog and you're going to be golden. What if your trust and authority scores are in the toilet? Google's not going to reward you for all that content when your site is untrusted to Google. You can't sit on a two-legged stool. There are three pillars to SEO, content, architecture, and links. The architecture is the technical stuff. If all three pillars are strong, you're in good shape. But if one of them is weak or two or three, you're in big trouble. You're not going to get the results you're after. And really, it is about results, right? So you got to get an ROI out of this. It's not just about ticking a bunch of boxes on an SEO best practices checklist. Like most of those best practices don't actually move the needle. So I wouldn't advise wasting any time or money on them. Oh, we could optimize 50,000 meta descriptions across your 50,000 page website. Why? It's not a ranking signal. It's not going to have that much of an impact in influencing the click decision. 
and you're doing it across 50,000 pages instead of just the top 100 or 200, that's a waste of time. And can you educate us all about the difference in general? Because I know you can't speak for everyone, but a $2,000 a month retainer for an SEO company compared to, I'm making this up, $40,000 a month. But is there a significant difference? And what is it? Light years difference. If the pitch or the proposal is coming to you with a $2,000 price tag, I would turn and run. Even it's like, if you're uh, a brand new business with maybe $100,000 in revenue so far, and you really want to amp up, ratchet up your SEO, what would you do in that case? I would save up enough money to then hire a good SEO to do an audit. And maybe it's 10 grand. But if you're spending $2,000, you're not going to get the value. You're going to probably get really sketchy link building that are toxic links that lower your reputation below zero. And then you're digging out of a very large hole that you thought you were doing something good and you're actually doing something bad and gets you in a worse situation than doing nothing at all. So save your money. Yeah. Am- if they're a great response. SEO, they're not charging $2,000 a month. They're not. That's like saying, well, I'm the best personal trainer you're going to find in the city and I'm 10 bucks an hour. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's so great. I love this. Okay. We're switching a little bit to your personal business. What is the biggest challenge that you're facing today as we're sitting here having this conversation in the business? Because they change, right? It ebbs and flows. We've got challenges that change over time, but today. In this very moment, I have so many big ideas. I'm an idea generator and I want to go in so many different directions. It really is hard for me to focus. And I don't know if you heard this wisdom from who's the billionaire, Berkeley Hex. Yes, I can see him. He's in Nebraska right now and he yes. drive a fancy car. And <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. I'm going to Google it again. <laughs> Warren Buffett. Yes, Warren Buffett. (laughs) So Warren Buffett famously has this thing where he'll give like a top executive at Berkshire Hathaway a task of coming up with their top 25 projects, initiatives, or priorities, right? And he makes the person pick the top five, and then all the remaining 20 are a no-go. They're not allowed to work on them at all until the top five are complete. And that may sound brutal, but it sure keeps you focused and it gives you the momentum and the energy to get it done instead of having a whole bunch of things half done. It's kind of like you don't want to build a bridge across a waterway 90% of the way. That doesn't get any traffic over it. So you got to build it 100%. So if we've got 15 different bridges across the waterway, all partially built, there's no traffic going across that river. So that's my challenge is I have so many, I think, brilliant ideas. Uh, One thing I want to do is a children's book. I'm already in the midst of like a memoir and a spiritual book. And I also have The Art of SEO fourth edition coming out this year. And I am planning on doing an Art of SEO workbook for the first time, a companion workbook, also published by the same publisher, O'Reilly. That alone is a lot if I didn't have an SEO firm to run. (laughs) Right. So that's challenging. And I have to surround myself with a really good team and people who are great at finishing stuff. Because my Colby score, if you're familiar with Colby, K-O-L-B-E, is 3393. So that means my nine in the third column there is quick start. 
So I'm very good at coming up with lots of brilliant new ideas, but boy, am I terrible at finishing things. And yeah. so the follow through, the fact finding. So those are two scores that I have a three in. I need people around me that handle that. Okay, Stefan, I need you to help me. I have my Colby score because somebody asked me, what's your Colby score? I'm like, I don't know. And I haven't really read into it a lot, but I'm 4383. No, that's not that dissimilar for me. Yeah, I got the crazy brain as well. And I, unlike you, I'm not in a relationship. I don't have a young child. So guess what that gives me? A lot more bandwidth, a lot more hours, but still I have the same challenge that you're having. Yeah. Well, you got to, first of all, have boundaries. Yes. We're not here on this planet to work ourselves to death. Correct. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. (laughs) So the scores are in this order. Fact finder, follow through, quick start, implementer. So if you're a 4382, you're not too bad at fact finding. It's not that it's bad. It's just that you're kind of loosey-goosey. And "Eh, I feel like I've got a few facts here. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So follow through. That's your lowest, or no, that's your three. The lowest is the implementer. So follow through is pretty hard for you. You're really good at getting started with stuff. So you're a visionary. You can come up with lots of great new ideas, but remember that product development is a funnel, not a tunnel. I learned that from the Product Development Management Association, one of my first clients way back in the 90s. So if it's a tunnel, that means every good idea deserves to get seen all the way through to completion, final product. Whereas if it's a funnel, then all these product ideas get killed off at various stages, even some at 90% of the way complete. Yeah. Oh, we're so close. Nope, doesn't deserve to uh, see the light of day. Bye-bye. So that's the best way to develop products. But the products you want to see through to completion, that's not for you to do because your follow-through is really low, as is your implementer, the two. So you're going to have all these great strategies and ideas, but you need somebody to do the work. You need a COL, which you have. Well, I would assume that these things, kind of the numbers remain the same, but I will say for sure, 22 years ago when I was starting my main business, I was everything and I was an incredible implementer but I had one thing I was trying to do and I finally made it happen. Once I made that happen, then my brain was like, that was fun. Let's do these other 90 things now. So, okay. Last question for you is what is the number one strategy that you're focusing on to scale and grow your SEO business? (laughs) Let's be specific. What strategy are you looking at really doubling down on? Systems, more and more systems. So, I know there's a lot of talk about chat GPT. I'm not a fan of incorporating that too much into your business because even though it's an incredible AI-based tool, it just feels wrong to me. There's a slippery slope there where it's no longer just inspiration. It's just downright theft because you're not giving credit to the originators of what you're creating with that tool. So you tell the AI to create this beautiful image of you based on your headshot and make it look like an impressionist painting. And then it does it. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. Well, it based that on some of the greatest artists of the impressionist era who are not getting any credit. So what are you doing? You're not giving credit where credit's due. And I think that's a slippery slope. So I also believe you're not connected to your higher self and to the infinite intelligence when you're just using an AI. You are disconnected from that because your intuition, your inspiration and so forth, that's all 
powered by God and by your connection. So if you're just using an AI to write your articles for you with X number of keywords in it or whatever, it's just, it's not, I don't think that's very heartfelt or thoughtful. So I want to build a company with heart and soul. So that's getting the right people on the right seats in the bus to use uh, Jim, uh, he wrote good to great, Jim Collins (laughs) analogy. Yeah, that's my focus for the year. And I know I'm going to get a great project manager as we grow. We're going to get a great podcast growth marketer and a great COO. These are all open positions if you're listening and you're interested. (laughs) You like how I did that? Yeah, Um, I did. I do very much. So, yeah, that's where I'm heading this year. For more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.